Welcome to the Back in Time podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Autry, joining here for another retro episode this week. And on this episode, we're going to be uh, revisiting our interview with director, creator, Adam Contras of the documentary, The Fastest DeLorean in the World, which you can still watch on Amazon Prime right now for free. And they just um, put The Fastest DeLorean in the World Part 2 on there as well. So uh, check that out whenever you guys get a chance. It's a really, uh, it's a great documentary. Everything that you want to know about the DeLorean car. You know, he puts this Corvette engine in it. It's got all sorts of issues. And you get a lot of Mayor Goldie Wilson. And it's just, it's a fantastic documentary. I can't recommend it enough. But yeah, this interview was really fun. We had a great time talking with Adam. This episode was recorded on May 1st of 2019, so it's been a little while. And it's been uh, out of uh, Apple and uh, Apple Podcasts for you guys to listen to. So we wanted to put it up, especially with our guest this week, Caitlin Larkin. She's got, she co-hosts a podcast called What the Flux. It's a Back to the Future podcast. So as a precursor, we thought it'd be fun to throw some Back to the Future content on here for you guys to listen to. So enjoy this interview with Adam Contrast. And yeah, like I said, check out The Fastest DeLorean in the World Part 1 and Part 2 on Amazon Prime. Welcome back to the Back in Time podcast, and we have a special episode today. JD, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, enjoying this. You know, we got some rainy weather going on, which is not a big deal. It makes me feel very moist and wistful, but... Uh, I know I'm super stoked. We've got a great guest on today and this is going to be an awesome episode. Yeah. So we have Adam Contrast on the show today. He is the creator, director, producer of a documentary called The Fastest DeLorean in the World, which is now streaming on Amazon Prime. He's also an entrepreneur who owns RentTheDeLorean.com where you can do just that. You can rent the DeLorean. Adam, welcome to the show, man. Happy to be here. Good name for a podcast. I appreciate that. And yeah, we're we're looking forward to getting into your documentary and just kind of talking with you about Back to the Future and the DeLorean. Tell our audience just a little bit about yourself and, you know, kind of uh, what, what you're up to these days. Man, I don't know where to start on that one. Um, <laughs> I know what I'm up to these days, which is editing the sequel to the documentary that you guys saw. Very um, cool. Because it ends with quite a, quite a cliffhanger. Um, so we're, we're trying to put up the sequel, which will just kind of round out the whole story. And uh, otherwise, at present moment, I'm pretty much just renting the hell out of that DeLorean. Um, I don't know what what happened, but in the past two years, it has spiked. My goodness, more than it's ever than we've ever done. We're doing like ten events every month right now, and it's just it's just oh, not wow. stop. And I don't I don't. It's the car that will never die. I mean, it's it's really like having a celebrity. It at is. your house it, 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 you know and it is and is what's also i think funny about that is that it's it's like having a celebrity but it's not about you it's a you know what i mean right. like everybody's taking pictures constantly i hang out with um mr full of love a lot um mm-hmm. the mayor goldie wilson the mayor and <laughs> it's the same kind of thing everybody's excited to see him because what of what he did back in the day but it's not really him that they're excited to see, you know, it's like, oh, you're the mayor. And then, you know, and then it moves on. Same thing with the car. People taking pictures constantly, almost running me over. It, it, it's it's really intense. 
but yeah, it is like having a, a being a celebrity or being encased in a celebrity every time you drive it. That's great. So obviously, we're we're called the Back in Time podcast. We have a lot of love for the movies and the franchise. Man, how did you first get introduced to Back to the Future? Was that something you saw in theaters, or was it a VHS yep. rental? Oh, if I'm that old. I saw it in the theater. Visitation with my dad. We'd always go see a movie. I remember my dad saying Sp- Steven Spielberg, and we went and saw it. I was uh, nine, summer of 85. No, it's not hyperbole to say that it was my favorite movie. I remember when it came out on VHS. I remember when it came out on DVD. I remember when, you know, I mean, like, I've always been a huge, huge, huge fan. But ironically, I never had any... Um, props from the movie i wasn't that guy you know i didn't have like the little toys and all that kind of stuff the, the delorean time machine yeah. was actually the first prop i ever owned from the movie yeah those those guys that have the toys is really quite weird. what a bunch um, of oh, losers yeah, no, <laughs> totally not cool no i just never i was just never a collecting kind of guy i no. mean you know that's just the way i mean now i my, it's, everybody thinks I want more of those kind of things, and they <laughs> we get them for me. But and I appreciate it, you know, for sure. So, as a nine-year-old, can you describe what that felt like walking out of the theater, seeing it for the first time? Do you remember any of those was, emotions? Yeah, my biggest emotion the very first time I saw the movie was, oh my god, how cool it would be to hang out with my parents when they were my age. That was, you know, I had a really good relationship with my parents and I liked them both. And it was, I think it was the first time that it really hit me. Oh man, my parents were my age at one point and they were just like me. And wouldn't it be awesome to like, and I would think about the fifties, you know, because when my parents were basically the same ages and I just, uh, I thought that was super awesome. That was my biggest takeaway but besides thinking my little Fox was cool as hell and that kind of stuff. But just the idea of, of hanging out with your parents together the same age. Loved it. Thought it was awesome. JD, would you want to hang out with your parents when you were in high school? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think either of my parents finished high school, so um, it would be a matter of I would be going to class and they wouldn't be. So, yeah. So, Adam, a little context. JD's had uh, some parent issues, so uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a running gag on the podcast. Oh, you didn't want to have sex with your mom? <laughs> Definitely. <not. laughs> Wait, did you? Is that how you liked no. her? No. Okay. <laughs> Although if Leah Thompson was my mom, I don't yeah. know, man. She Much so different. That movie. Much different. Yeah, none of our moms look like Leah Thompson. None of our moms were Leah Thompson. Uh, <laughs> no, Kyle's mom in her youth, maybe. No. Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> What's different was your mom? I mean, my mom was actually quite stunning when she was eighteen. Um, yeah. But. There you go. Shout out to the got, moms. Got awkward. Got a little awkward. Pretty quick. <laughs> That's uh, all right. That's weird. what we do here. <laughs> it's totally what we do. Made us wistful. Now, for our audience right. that has not seen the movie yet, how did you actually come to make this film? Did you guys see Back in Time, the documentary? I have, yes. Okay. Because um, I'm in that kind of telling the whole story mm-hmm. about the mini golf course that's in my backyard, as well as... Um, Which is super cool, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. As far as making the, 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 the engine swap to make it the fastest floor in the world, that came about because my brother works on uh, performance uh, engines and uh, makes race cars. And he came over for the first time, uh, came out to California, and I was having car trouble anyway with the, uh, with the transmission. And uh, he said, you know what? For, for this amount of money, we can probably make it really awesome, and you don't have to worry about all these issues with these old parts. We can replace them, and 
you'll have a more reliable car and it'll also be really fast. And that starts off a journey that um, I keep telling people that ended up being a great movie. I just kind of wish I wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, I love the part that I believe the original idea for it was it was only going to be a couple thousand dollars. You immediately go, OK, I'm going to double it. Yeah. And then he came back and said, <laughs> OK, I think it's going to be like eight thousand. So in your head, you go, OK, 16. And then right. Don says, well, what'd you spend? You're like, it's 25 grand and counting. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're 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 past thirty now. Um, yeah, yeah, it got it got away. I don't you, know, you don't want to ruin anything if for people who haven't seen the movie yet. Yes, uh, yeah, it's funny. What even if I tell you what happens once you get into it, you're kind of you know following it. And you don't you don't really remember. But he got in a little over his head, and then it got absolutely bizarre. Like it's funny because I do a lot of screenings for the movie and. Man, when I get to the part where the texts come in of the dino read, it hits me like a two by four. I, I, I'd completely forgotten <laughs> by that point in the movie. And then it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that. Oh, my God, I can't believe he just disappeared. Oh, my God. So it, it got really dramatic really quickly and really good for everybody watching. Yay. But it's still something that's a problem for <laughs> our mm -hmm. family. And uh, it's, it's been rough, but good movie. So maybe a little teaser into the the next one here the follow-up which you said would be released sometime in june yep sometime okay. in June, probably the very very end does that storyline continue with you and your brother well yeah i got i got a lot of questions to answer and that's basically you know it ends with a huge cliffhanger as right. to the fate of the car and then of course uh, am i even speaking to him anymore or what happened what was the reception so there's a lot of good storyline to go through and I just have to warn people that it's probably not going to be the Hollywood ending everybody wants. <laughs> okay. Um, because it takes a couple people to do that, but it's still very riveting. I mean, it's a, there's, it's a, it's a lot of good, good story. I mean, it's a lot of good, like getting handed a whole bunch of bad cards and then making it work. And you know, <laughs> they, when you get to low points in your life, like your car completely on fire and not running, uh, and then you have to rebuild it yourself, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's inspirational kind of stuff. I just, you know, I didn't expect to be in that position, and it's still kind of, it's still kind of a running issue because once you swap an engine in a car, it, there is no, everything's good now. Yeah. For the rest of for the rest of the life of that car, you're dealing with gremlins at least so far. Mm -hmm. A couple, you know, a couple years in. So. Um, so it's it's a constant work in progress, or at some point, this is you're running on borrowed time with this car. Well, but I'm not a mechanic. I, mean, I think that's the yeah. problem. If I was a mechanic, maybe I would have that. I'm, I mean, I'm crafty. But when, when you do an engine swap like this, you kind of need to know what you're doing well past being crafty uh, because you need, to, um, you need to know why, you know, right now I'm having a starting issue, but the battery's fine. Is it an ignition issue? Is it a fuel line issue? I just have to Google and start taking shit apart. That's, that's a problem. So it's, and it's scary, and it's something I make my money with. So... My God. Yeah. So whenever anything goes wrong, it's just kind of this helpless feeling of, uh oh. And it's not like you can take it to a mechanic because you, I've tried to, man. Like I've talked to some mechanics and they said it's a what? And it has a what in it? Oh, and it's a really valuable prop that we, if we break anything, we're liable for. I'm like, Ugh. so no, you got to do it yourself. And as much as I've learned, I still don't feel comfortable with it, even completely rebuilding it. It's still not something I'm comfortable with. So I have a quick question for you. In terms yeah. of 
how you're doing this documentary and you've got the new one coming up. Is it like a straight traditional documentary and how you're, you're creating it and building it and filming it? I mean, do you guys have an outline or is it more like a reality TV show when shit happens, this yeah. is where it's going? Well, shit, reality TV shows are a hell of a lot more scripted than, than we think. Oh, that's true. <laughs> right, right. Yes. I mean, for the very first one, my idea was since uh, I... I think I mentioned to you, I'm the first and longest running video blogger, yeah. which is a very strange claim to fame, <laughs> but I have been randomly recording and documenting my life since I moved out to California, which is uh, coming up on 20 years ago, uh, January. Wow. So that's all online and I, you know, to the point of being sick of myself. <laughs> but so once you're the first and longest running, like I'm going to stop, you know? When the thing came up with Fastest DeLorean, I was so excited because I was going to be able to document my brother. You know, uh, somebody else, it, you know, it was going to be 100% him building it, him putting it together, him racing it, him getting the record. Like, that right. was the whole point to it. And then, as you know, if you've seen it, it all starts to 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 just fall apart. And then I have no choice because I've, I've already put tons of money into this. I, I got to finish the story. And then I end up having to deal with, with things and doing it myself. And, yes, then it becomes a freaking story about me. So... The first one is certainly a lesson in your you know, best laid plans when it comes to documenting stuff. You can't really control a lot of it. The second one, however, I just tried to record as much as I could while all the drama was going down and then hope that there was some sort of storyline. And I think the, the, the way it has been crafted, it's been from feedback from other people because everybody asks you the same questions after they see it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I get inundated with emails like, oh, my God, are you talking to your brother? Oh, my God, what happened to this? Oh, you know, and so, yeah, I, I obviously it's pretty clear. And then and then the other really cool thing is that what happened since my brother was not really part of the rebuild, I ended up becoming even better friends with Don, Mayor Goldie Wilson. Right. And he and I end up going on these ridiculous adventures together. I mean, we got flown out to France to show it the movie and going out again this year sequel and he and i have found all these weird adventures where we surprise people with the time machine and like make people's day and so we're actually working on a reality show with just him and me called the mayor and me where we where we talk about all the uh, cool adventures we get to go on because i have a time machine and he's freaking mayor goldie wilson and he looks exactly the freaking same yes. as he did Dude, it's one of the creepiest things in the world, man. It's like he's he signed a, a contract with the devil because that man is 61 years old, and it's unbelievable. He even cut his hair now, so he just looks like he's Goldie Wilson. I don't yeah. know how he does it. I look older than him, and I was nine when the movie came out. So, Adam, I've got a follow-up question to that, just because, you know, Kyle and I, we both have experience in filmmaking, and um, I'm actually in the market for a new camera for a side project that I'm working on. What did you film this on? my iPhone. Really? I'll be, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. I did, I did the majority of it. So gorilla, like for example, the drag racing. Oh shit. Yeah. And I just, I got as many friends as I could and I just handed them phones, you know? And the reason I handed them iPhones was because it has a floating light and like you can get really nice stable footage. It was much more just trying to capture the essence of everything. I now have, um, a little bit better. Like I have an XC10. I don't know if you know about these little things. But again, the reason I got this XC10 as opposed to a better Canon was because image stabilization is really good and it's got autofocus. 
It's like the only like DSLR that has autofocus. And when you're handing cameras to a bunch of people that don't know how to handle a camera, <laughs> you know, I honestly, it, it sounds silly. And I, 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 you know, I can't always have really good cameramen on call when I'm doing some of this stuff because there's no budget. We're, we're, we're like scraping everything together. So having accessible cameras that anybody can pick up if I, if I need help really quick was the number one goal of this movie. And obviously at the beginning with, with, with Kenny, I needed, I couldn't be in Ohio and shoot it professionally. So he had his cell phone at the time and he would just upload footage and, you know, it worked out pretty good. I think you'd be surprised with good editing can cover up a lot of issues with your camera, especially in a documentary that isn't, you know, obviously it's, it's, it, it's pretty clear that it was on the go kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like we had a GoPro and like little stuff like that. It's not like it's documentary. You can get away with a lot less camera shit, uh, than, um, other, other mediums for sure. Not my ideal by any means. No, uh, but... <laughs> totally understandable. So I, I, I did have a question about the drag racing. Now, originally you hire a driver for the first yeah. run. Yeah. After so, that you take over yeah. now being somebody that I, Maybe the fastest I've ever gone as a car is like maybe eighty five. Like I'm not out there trying to to get any tickets here. I'm a Winner. I'm a pretty safe driver. Yeah, very lame. Totally what what is it like when you get to that speed, man? Especially in a DeLorean that has like, you know, it's got stuff on the the back of the hood well, uh, where the engine is. Like yeah, that and the actual the axles and the frame. And yes, it was meant to do that. Yeah, um, it's what an X frame. Yeah, I think I even mentioned in the movie is that, you know, if the car's supposed to go that fast, it's fun. You know, it's like you can actually, it's kind of, you know, if you've ever been in a Tesla, like Teslas are amazing. It feels like a rocket going off. That's kind of fun, but it was designed to do that. The right. DeLorean was never designed to do that. The first thing that goes through your head when you're doing the first drag race and you remember when I take my helmet off and I look like I've seen God. I mean, it was the worst thing I've ever been through. The problem is, is I've floored it before on the highway, right? Let's just sometimes yeah. you have to floor it to get around something or so forth. You do that for one or two seconds top. Right. Well, when you're drag racing, that foot, it, it never moves. So your, your body tells you about three seconds in, stop doing this right now. <laughs> but you do it for 12, 13, 14 seconds. And it, yeah, it, 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 at no point do you feel safe. It's not even the top speed. It's that it keeps going. I mean, I think the only the top speed by the end of a quarter mile was only like 110. I mean, okay. that's really fast, but it was more the fact that you're not stopping and you're going and you're going and you're going. And then by that, by after you do it the first time, I just wanted to get it done. I just wanted to get yeah. it done so I could go home to my kids and I could end the movie. So every single time I do that and I don't get the record, it's the most frustrating thing ever because i just want to end this i don't want to do this i make my money off this car i felt like i felt kind of painted into a corner like i had to do it to save the movie it was just so it's so stressful i'm never going to do it again as long as i just never <laughs> yeah until there's a huge outcry for part three and you're like oh, oh part, I no, guess, I'll hire no. Oh, <laughs> i've already said if there's a part three the only way we'll do a part three is if somebody else breaks the record yeah and they're willing to have us actually race on the same track next to each other. Okay. And then I'll hire Ray, who's about 85 pounds soaking wet, and he can do it, and he can get all the glory. And then I would like to see that. 
That would be oh, that sure. would be cool to see two DeLoreans going at it side by side. I would I would dig that. But I'm personally never doing that shit again. <laughs> like <laughs> never gonna happen. I didn't want to do it then. I didn't want to do it at all. So now I obviously this is a car that you're you're renting out. You're probably not driving this for like leisure never. at this point. Okay. It's never been driven for leisure other than when I very first got it. And like my kids wanted to ride in it, that kind of stuff. Right. Like, no. no, the second, it's funny when I first got it, there'd be more leisure. Mm-hmm. And then the business picked up. Once the business picks up, you start doing the math. <laughs> right. And you go, oh, shit. Like, how many starts do I have left before it decides not to start? <laughs> um, I, I have an event today. It is our 412th event. And we've never missed a gig. But the amount of stress that goes into whether or not when you turn that key, it's going to start and how early you have to test it. And I mean, it's just it's nonstop. So I don't waste any starts <laughs> without there being a specific payment at the end of it, because, yeah, as I said, it's just it's not it's just not worth it. Um, it's not fun to drive. It's not like, woo, I'm in a time machine that that has gone away, man. Now it's like this is my food truck um, and I need people to eat. Yeah, you know? exactly. So the DeLorean's obviously your probably your favorite film car, hands down. I'm guessing yeah. there's is there any competition? Is there a second place? Is there another car that you you'd be like, I want to drive that, or that you'd get into? I mean, from a business perspective, the Ecto One certainly yeah. gets some recognition, and the Night Rider car. Those are the two that I hear of, and I know some people that have them and they rent them and so forth. Maybe the Jurassic Park Jeep has a little bit of panache. But yes. That's what I was going to say. That's that's yeah. one of mine. Yeah, no, there, there, there are certainly people that, but it, be, it becomes so much more niche. I mean, now you're now you're going down to, you know, and actually the Batmobile, the, the Keaton Batmobile, you can't even rent that because it, the Warner Brothers owns that because that right. was their car. They made up the whole car. Universal can't own the DeLorean because they made it out of an already, you know, uh, established car. You know, it's like it's like you can't, you can't kill somebody for renting a Ford. You can't sue somebody for renting a Ford. Exactly. Um, yeah, so those are the three that, I, that are, are certainly out there. But as far as I am concerned, I don't have the room to have more than one. I'm pushing it as it is. I mean, I live in Los Angeles. Uh, space is, is, is pretty tight. <laughs> and, I mean, you, I don't know if you can, you can see on the website that it's in, it looks like it's on the mini golf course in a little <laughs> showcase. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's because I, it's the only place I could put it. Like, there's just no room. So, yeah, everybody asks, oh, do you want to get another one? Or, like, no, I don't. <laughs> I end up getting most of the leads for the, um, uh, for the DeLorean, and then I just find the closest car and uh, book for them. So, yeah. I, in fact, I, as we were sitting here, I just got a call about an event in a Pennsylvania, and oh, I'm nice. trying to help that out, make that work. So, very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get the maybe ride in one because we, we had talked about going to the uh, out of time foundation in july which uh um, where's that gonna be which goalie's gonna be there it's on it's in bourbon street near uh, chicago and it's with the uh, mr fusion yeah, band with he's uh, playing Hoist with Man. mr fusion yes i forgot about that yeah Here's the funny thing we are we are in paris until god he leaves the 17th of of july and, and he's not going to get back to la till the 18th and then you got to turn right around and fly out to chicago and i just Oof, that's tough, but yes, he will be out there. He is, as advertised, one of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. Um, 
I think that comes across in the movie. That's what I love about the movie is people don't really know him well, but in that movie you can kind of see he's just a he's just a laid back dude with no ego. Um, and that's just awesome. To, it's an awesome energy to be around. Yeah, and the one thing I, I, this might have just been a, a entry into your your vlog that I watched on YouTube, but you had told a story about how you guys had a charity event and Claudia Wells was there and he was there mm-hmm. and they were doing mini golf and she left when the cameras went off and he was like, get me a beer. I'm going for another round. And you're like, I love this dude. <laughs> well, it was more, it, not only the beer and the other round, it was more that once the cameras left, he didn't leave. Right. When you're in his realm and I know everybody thinks I'll oh, be list celebrity or whatever, but man, when he goes to these events, dude, he's the biggest thing. I mean, all of them, anybody from back yeah. to the future is it, it's, it, they're like the golden touch. And at some point, you get tired of constantly being in front of the camera. It's like being a trained, you know, little toy. And you're just clapping and you're like, you know. Um, so I expected Claudia to leave when the cameras left. I understood. The yeah. news came out. They got, their, they got their piece. I totally, I didn't begrudge her for that. But you could see the little glimmer in his eye because he was a golfer and he got his ass kicked the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you could see him go, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> And to his credit, he came back so much. I mean, we became friends and then he came back, but he actually won. He actually came back until he won the following year on Memorial Day 2015. He did it. He beat everybody who had been coming for years and, and got the championship. So I like that. I like that competitive streak. You know, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a guy thing. That weird, oh, I'm going to do this. I cannot get beat by all these guys at this silly little mini golf course. Yeah, we, we can definitely both relate to that being former college athletes. So that's that's oh, why yeah. I, I love that part when, when he said, like, you're like the competitive spirit came out, and I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, and he, and, he, and, he, and he didn't have any of the, he didn't need to be in a special corner. I mean, I yeah. feel like I'm going to just slam some celebrity by trying to explain these stories, but you, you run into celebrities that have requirements that are just outrageous and they clearly want to make sure you know that they're not one of you and you respect them and it's cool but because of this mini golf course that i put in my backyard dude i've had norm from cheers came out like uh uh, jim O'Hara parks and rec mo collins like uh like all these awesome people came out and had no problem sitting in a backyard deck and talking and having a beer and I appreciate that beyond all I, I can even say. Um, if you if you have the if you're cool with coming to somebody's backyard in the valley, that's awesome. That's pretty. That's that's pretty rare. It really is. Is that the next business right there? The back. It's not a business, you're... man. No. 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 Okay. No. 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 I, it, it, we have charity events there. That's what's cool. I'm done with business. I'm go with business. Like I, I I want more free time to do. You know, the stuff that I like to do. Like, I didn't think renting a car would be something I would be doing at this point in my life. But, mm-hmm. you know, you meet a lot of interesting people. You get to do a lot of cool things. But, I mean, I think you can tell from the documentary. I like, I like doing documentaries. I like telling stories. I like uh, talking. So, that, that's kind of the, the, the way I, I, I want to go. But, yes, so I got to build, man. That's the next venture is more documentaries. Would you, do you have topics in mind that you want to touch on or explore? I'm trying to take everything as it comes and I'm trying to do what I think would be the most unique. Obviously the part two comes out this year. Next year is the 20th anniversary of the longest running video blog. And there's about a billion stories in there. And as much as I don't want to put the focus on me, I have never tried to monetize the journey, which is the video blog. 
and all these younger video bloggers have come come up and suddenly they're peeking at me going hey you're like the grandfather of all this how come you don't have more subscribers and i'm like it's because i never that wasn't that wasn't a thing when i started there was no youtube it was 99 for christ's sake it does in the back of my head i kind of think i should probably at least put a, a statement down and go boom here's the first 20 years of a really interesting project and then move on you know uh, from there but after yeah. that, I don't know. It, it just—I take it as it comes. It, it, if if it strikes you at the second, uh, a guy had screwed up with his girlfriend for her birthday party, or for her birthday present, and so he hired me to come up in the DeLorean time machine, and I upsold him Goldie, and Goldie jumps out at her work of the time machine and gives her a gift from him. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, this is a this is a reality show. I want to tell these stories because it's so weird that two friends have the ability to blow people's minds like it's so fun to do you know like i love i love how much you can you know spread joy through this silly yeah. car and through that silly character and people like pee themselves they're so happy that's addictive it's very addictive to to be able to make someone that happy you know what i mean it's wonderful how now if you could get into the delorean go back to nine-year-old adam that's coming out of the movie and go just so you know, in 2019, you're going to be renting a DeLorean and upselling Goldie Wilson, Goldie Wilson as a perk package. I think even more than that, if you told the 14-year-old who watched Back to the Future 2 about yeah. what would be happening on October 21st, 2015, that was when it really all just kind of hit me because I had eight events that day. It was the craziest day of my life. That's insane. What I'd be doing on Future Day, October 21st, I think that's when it really hit me how bizarre it is that I'm driving a time machine, going to all these crazy events, and having one of them. I mean, I made more money in that. I made more money on that day than I had in certain years of my oh, life. Like, wow. that's how crazy things got. So, yay, that's good, you know. Uh, I just save it because I'm not, I'm not a big spender, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, I, still, I still drive my 99 Camry. But, you know, I got kids, you know, you want to you want to make sure there's a nest egg, that kind of stuff. So I'm just kind of saving everything. How happy are you that they scratched the idea of the 1980s lead lined refrigerator and you don't hey, have man. to lug that around? It didn't it didn't work well for Indiana Jones. So I think we wouldn't be talking right now if they went that way. I, I don't know, man. Everything about Back to the Future is magic. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is. I I have to watch it a billion times because of all the screens we go to and so forth. And mm -hmm. I am stunned. That no matter how many times I've seen it, I'll get caught in a scene, and then I start watching, and 10 minutes pass, 15 minutes pass, and it is a one of those very rare, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> I mean, the casting's perfect, there isn't one, the pacing's perfect, which yeah. is really odd, because a lot of 80s movies are so slow, uh, and, and, and it, you know, you watch it 20, 30, 40 years later, and you're like, okay, the, uh, I watched planes, trains, and automobiles the other day, and I was like, "This is awful." Like my brain was like, I remembered scenes that I loved, yeah, and those scenes were still funny, but there was like 13 minutes in between where fuck all happens, and you're like, "Oh God, the pacing was so different in the 80s." Uh, but Back to the Future is just hit, 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 and the casting is perfect. And I don't know if any of those actors have ever had better moments. You know, and as much as I want to give Don shit, yeah, because I'm sick of how famous he is for doing one week's worth worth <laughs> of work. 
he totally nails the earnestness of a young black kid in the 1950s going to be mayor. Like you can For feel sure. his, you know, and, and the epiphany of when, when uh, Marty McFly says mayor and he goes, oh, like yeah, yeah. you, that was, he totally nailed that. And I, I, it's just, you got to hand it to the whole cast and crew and the writers. And it was just absolutely a perfect movie. Still is. I just can't believe how good it is. Yeah, that's such a cool way of putting it, too, because there's a big distinction between a good movie, your favorite movie, and a perfect movie. Right. They're, it's not the same thing. You can enjoy a movie and it can be shit. You can, you know, a, your favorite movie doesn't have to be good. And then a movie that's just technically sound, for me, it's The Birds. The Birds is that perfect movie. Right. Um, well, it's like I say, I personally kind of like Back to the Future Part Two better. Um, <laughs> because as, as a writer, um, the idea of going back into the first movie from a different angle blew my mind as a kid. Like that just, I, I was like, oh my God, what, how did they do this? What a great idea. That has, that, that newness has stayed with me. But obviously, Back to the Future is a better movie. Like it was a perfect little cocoon. But experimentally, what they did in part two, I do, I'll, I'll, I, I just cannot believe how good and how smart that was, you know what I mean? To do, that, to do that from the different angle and then try not to run into your former selves before he's got to go back. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's never been done since. What a great idea. What a great idea. Well, and it's true, too. And the problem with sequels is you either rehash what you've already done and then people leave the theaters thinking, oh, I already saw that. Or you do something completely off the walls different and then people leave the theater and they say, well, that was nothing like the original. Right. Yeah, so no, I agree I mean, with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, part three to me was a complete rehash. Like, I thought three was just <clears throat> boring. I mean, it was part one in the Wild West. That's it. There was no, I mean, it felt like an opportunity lost. Like, you got a, fucking, you got a time machine, dude. Like, why are we still here? <laughs> By that point, I was just so ready to go with, with all that part two gave me in my head. I thought, oh, part three's crazy. And obviously, as, as I think you guys know, part two and three were supposed to be one movie. Right and yeah, and they just kind of split it. So I, I mean, it's still it's still a good movie, but part two is just so creative. I, I I love it to death. Part of why we had you on is we're celebrating 100 episodes. We did Back to the Future one for 50. We're doing part two for 100. Oh, yeah. Three will be 150. So you mentioned seeing part two in theaters. Like what what was that memory just coming out of the theaters after seeing the sequel? I remember. 1989, I got out of school and my dad picked me up and we got to go. I got to go straight from school. We went the day it came out. I remember that when the VHS came out of Back to the Future, which was maybe 87, 88, I don't, but okay. it said to be continued. Exactly. And, yep. you know, they changed it. And I specifically remember it did not say to be continued in the movie. So I, I got super excited. And then. I was always one of those kids that was dreaming about the future, the Jetsons, that whole thing. So the idea that they were going to this far off future was just, I've never been more excited for a movie <laughs> ever. All I remember after that was, you know, at the end they had the little teaser for part three and being right. a little bummed. Okay. Being kind of bummed. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, first of all, really, I got to wait for till the summer. I got to wait like six months now. Oh, it was November 89, and then the other one came out in 90, and they're like, oh, come on. And I was like, man, I hope they leave the Wild West at some point, because 
I don't really want to see a whole movie in the Wild West. That was my initial thing. But I thought, I, again, as I said, I thought two was fantastic. I could not understand how they went back into the original. Ooh, and another thing, the moving camera, the camera they built to do um, the split screen. Yes. Was just unbelievable. And in fact, um, I, I got a chance to do, I do a bunch, I did a bunch of characters um, for CBS called Adam and the Egos. Mm-hmm. And I used the same techniques that they did to do that. I got the prices right set. I got to do all my characters on the prices right set. I set up all these cameras and then was able to pan in afterwards. And I didn't want to use any green screens because it, it looks bad. So I love, so Back to the Future 2 specifically inspired. The, the split screens of Back to the Future 2 are almost as better than some of the stuff that comes out now that uses green screen. It, it's incredible how good that looks. It's a lot harder to do than green screen. Revolutionary stuff. I love it. You know, w- one of our guests that we're going to have on this week as well is going to be Jeffrey Weissman. Yes, and I know he's going to come on and uh, talk about that. What? What did you? I mean, that's such a hard role for him to step in to Crispin Glover's role, and obviously he's not on screen as much in the second one. But what did you think of his performance? It's 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 difficult because he was being used to screw over Crispin Glover. I right. mean, he was, and and in fact, he actually helped Crispin Glover sue. Oh wow! Universal, and and he won because they totally like they used his they used Crispin's glo- um, nose, and yeah. they use, like they literally and they cut in actually Crispin Glover, and they put Jeffrey Blurry in the background, so you weren't exactly sure. Like nobody really caught that, uh, and you know it's it's tough because. He again, he got used like it's 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 it, it, that's what that was for and um, difficult situation to be in, but also very frustrating that the producers decided to do that as right. opposed to, you know, dealing with Christmas. And, and um, when it comes to that whole ordeal, I kind of side with Glover a little bit. I think they kind of badmouthed him and he didn't he, he wasn't really demanding as much money as Michael J. Fox. It's funny, there's a bunch of great interviews where Crispin really just lays it out there. I think they really had a problem with him and how he felt about the first movie. And they just were put off by it. He was a, he was a very, I mean, he's kind of a bizarre cat. You know, he didn't like the commercialism of the end of Back to the Future 1. Right. He didn't like that, you know, hey, now they have more money, so it's a happy ending. Like, he, he had some interesting takes on it and was very vocal about that. And I don't think they appreciated that. Thank you enough for coming on the show and plug your website, rent the DeLorean. What, what does somebody get oh, if, if they um, want to actually come out and, and ride in this DeLorean? Yeah, actually, if you're anywhere in the country, just go to rent the Got some packages on there. My phone number is literally right there. Like that's yeah. my phone number. That comes right to me. So I get texts and calls all day, all night. Wonderful. But there are uh, probably 12 to 15 really good time machines all over the country. That, that we, you know, my job at Rent the DeLorean is basically to find the closest car to you and try uh-huh. to pull off your, your hopes and dreams as cheap as humanly possible. That's really what it comes down to. But, but more than that, go watch Fast. Because I actually make about nine cents if you watch Fastest DeLorean on Amazon Prime. Those nine pennies come right to me. Yeah, I don't make a lot of money. It's, it's, it's not a money-making venture, but... <laughs> It's a very good story. And uh, yeah, and part two comes out um, uh, end of June. Well, I'll try and watch it six more times so you can get a cup of coffee or something. Woo! 
Where can you get a cup of coffee for 37 cents? What? Uh, yeah, gas station coffee is a buck oh nine, man. Come on. Yeah. I mean, freedom's a buck oh five. So, right. Uh, yeah. And so, so Fastest Lauren, Fastest Lauren. Um, and then, yeah, Fastest Lauren Part 2 and End of June. Very excited. Okay. Great. And then is there going to be a DVD Blu-ray that'll have like more special features than... Yes. We were going to release a Blu-ray for part one. And then I said, man, it, that seems mean <laughs> okay. to do that to somebody. I'm going to I'm gonna release... I'm probably going to release a Blu-ray of it kind of like a 10-part series. Oh, okay. Um, you know what I mean? Because truthfully, it could have easily been a reality show. It was very hard at the time. I'm like, how do I release this? Do I make it a documentary? Do I, I didn't know what to do. It's not like you can just go to Netflix and go, hey, I have this 10 part doc. That's just not how that works. So I had really no choice other than to, you know, get a distributor for the for the documentary. And then once that was out, go from there uh, with the rest of the stuff. Yeah, there will be a set that you can get that will tell the whole story uh, as opposed to just screwing you over okay, <laughs> and, and stopping at a fire and saying later <laughs> so that way you have it all in one package. Man, hey, uh, plug your do you, social media, Facebook page, YouTube, uh, let our audience know. My name. my name, Adam Contras, K-O-N-T-R-A-S. Um, I don't do social media as well as I should. Yeah. Like, I think everybody probably says that, but Rent the DeLorean has a, has a Twitter account and a Facebook page, and Fastest DeLorean has a Twitter account and a Facebook page. But I have an open Facebook page uh, for my name, and I okay. kind of just kind of cover the whole gamut on that. That's how I, I found can, you. Pretty easy. Yeah, no, that... That's just been the easiest way uh, to, to, to handle it. Uh, I'm just too busy, man. Like, things are so nuts. I can't, you know, keeping the journey going. If you go to theofficialjourney.com, I don't know how I've done it this long. I mean, you're, you're talking 100 videos and entries a year for 20 straight years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot to keep that going. Um, but shit, when you get recognized as the first and longest run, it's like Carl Rip- Cal Ripken, right? Yep. You're like, how do you got to keep putting them out there till the wheels yeah. fall off? Yeah, yeah, wheels fall off man. I love it. Well, yeah, guys, check out Adam on uh, Facebook. Follow him. Stay tuned for the latest sequel here for the fastest DeLorean on Amazon Prime. And again, Adam, thanks for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate yeah. it. Congrats to you guys on 100. Thank appreciate you so it. much. Yes, sir. Okay, so we just wrapped up the interview with Adam Contrast. Again, thanks, Adam, for coming on the show. J.D., what do you think of our interview with Adam? It's a fantastic. I thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. Um, audience, if you have not checked out his documentary, his website, his socials, give him a look. He is a fantastic human being with a great sort of uh, thing that he's doing. And... Um, you know, in the meantime, you know, tweet at us. What's your favorite Hollywood car? Mine's obviously yeah. the Smokey and the Bandits car. Kyle's obviously a butt plug. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's the DeLorean. Although I don't fit in the DeLorean, so it wouldn't be a fun car for me to drive. I'm way too big for that car. And the butt plug doesn't fit in you, so. Yeah. I'd probably, if I have to go with one I can actually get in and drive, I think I'm going to go Ecto-1. Put me in gun the head. That's that's where I think I would go. Okay. Although the Jurassic Park Jeep would be very cool. That's my second place. Yeah. By the way, and I wanted to bring this up on the episode. How cool would it be if during one of the Comic Cons you could go for a ride in the Jurassic Park Jeep with Goldblum? Oh, I would. 
I would pay a massive amount of Blumpkin for that. <laughs> That's like five meatballs. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd a good amount of money into that one. But yeah, no, I think it's a really cool thing that he does. Yeah, I like that he kind of interacts with other DeLoreans all over the country. He's not just out for himself in California. He's not trying to make trips all over the world with this car. Just trying to get it to start one more time. We're just looking to get you guys to download the episode every single week. So we are up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us on there. Justin is blogging every single week at backintimepod.com. So check out the blog. And then, um, yeah, more stuff coming down the pipeline. This is a huge week for the show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us. 100 episodes, unbelievable. But I will leave you with to follow us on uh, Twitter. Drop us a comment. What is your favorite Hollywood prop car? We, we want to know. Tweet at us. Back in time pod. I'm at kautry29. JD is at Unjust Justin. And we are out of time. Time to get back into the DeLorean. Punch in today's date and return back to present day. See ya. Rollin', rollin', rollin'. Right? Like from the music video. <laughs> <laughs>